Welcome to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. I'm Larry Monkey. Find me on Twitter at FF Larry Monkey. And I'm here with, he's the Mississippi hippie. He's the Mississippi painter. He's the Mississippi runner at Run DFF, Mr. Justin Rogers. What's up, my man? It's Bachelor Week, baby. Oh, yeah. What? Wife and kid are out of town. And you know what I have to do? I have to paint trim around the house and, and finish up the laundry room floor. That's my life. That's not like, oh, yeah, everybody goes. But I do have a party to go to on Saturday. I am getting shit housed and Ubering okay. home. So yeah. I've already decided. Okay. Well, that's that's exciting. So I will take a slight advantage of it. So what else is going on, man? That's a cool yellow fucking drink uh, thing. What is well, that? What I, going I on in there? It's just some. It's just that uh, H2O that our guest was talking about earlier on the same page. Oh yeah, baby, a guest. Who do we? We do have a guest. Got anything fancy to say about him? Man, you know, I I, you know (laughs) usually have a one-liner, and right now I'm just feeling like I'm uh, poor and. uh, Ah! (laughs) I think I know where you're headed. This is a founder. He's a host of one of the the OG sites in the. The dynasty worlds, dynasty everything, man. This guy is the, he's in the center of the universe, the dynasty universe. You know, did you hear me hit my head against the microphone just now? Yeah, you're getting so, really excited over there. Oh, dude, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm shaking in my boots, man. This guy, I think his name was Dynasty Poor before he started Dynasty Nerds. <laughs> but now no, everybody no. knows him as Dynasty Rich. Oh, at Dynasty Rich on Twitter. What's up, my man? Oh, thanks for the kind words, guys. It's uh, good to be here. Good to be here talking dynasty. Now that we stumbled through that intro, we all know what a meticulous <laughs> editor I am, and it'll just it'll just flow like a, mm-hmm. like, a like a warm stream in one of those Mississippi streams, man. Right? You got you got what do they call them? Creeks down there? A creek? A creek? Yeah, right. yeah. Come on now. I forgot if you're about say, that. You gotta say it right. It's creek. You know how to spell Mississippi, Rich? M I S S I S S I P P I. Mm, that's not how they do it in Mississippi. You know, it's uh, in my cricket letter, cricket letter, I, cricket letter, cricket letter, I. Hump back. Oh, there we go, there we go, there we go, there we go. There yeah, we go. that's how it's red all right, now. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So, yeah, man, so, yeah, Dynasty Rich is with us tonight, man. It's an exciting night for sure. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in the Dynasty space. We just finished up almost like a like a charity league redraft series, you know, so to speak, because a lot of us Dynasty folks, we do dabble in the redraft stuff, man. Rich, are you in any are you in any redraft leagues? Like, yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in a couple of redraft leagues. I do. Um, well, it was Fox Sports, now it's Valley Sports uh, TV out here in Cleveland. Uh, well, not just Cleveland, pretty much most of Ohio. I do a weekly segment of, you know, like sneaky starts, not so obvious starts. I do uh, ESPN radio out here that covers redraft. So all my like local area stuff, it's all redraft, which is not my favorite way to play, but it's, uh, I still do it. You know what I mean? I still do it. I don't love it because I love dynasty so much and it's, it's, it's become such part of my life, but yeah, I mean, redraft's fun. It's, it's good. Redraft's fun. Cause it's still good gives you an opportunity to get some shares of players that you, you normally can't get. You know, like if you're a good team, it's hard to get, it's hard to have some Justin Jefferson shares. Like there's certain players I don't have any shares of in all the 20 leagues I'm in. So it gives me an opportunity to own a guy like Justin Jefferson. It might give me an, an opportunity to own a guy at the running position, like a Christian McCaffrey that I may not have in any of my dynasty league. So yeah. it's still fun. Yeah. I still do it. So yeah, it's, it's something I do in the off season. I'm starting to get ready here for now that I do a lot for, 
the Ohio market, but my, my main passion is still Dynasty. Yeah, I mean, I, when you were talking to me there for a second, I was like, man, it's, I wonder if they, he put, wears like a, a glasses and a mustache with like a trench coat and, his, <laughs> and he goes by the name Redraft Rich. You know, Redraft ever... Rich. <laughs> there we go. A little, little hour and hour with Redraft Rich here. <laughs> yeah, you got like alter ego. Yeah, but you know what? The football year is so long and, you know, Scott Fish kicks it off and we go through that whole period with, you know, the Eliminators and the Fishbowl and the Potathon, everything that leads up to that. And then all the charity leagues kick off and we're primarily a dynasty podcast, but we kind of fell into this. We just called it a redraft series, you know, where we where we had like the Monday Mommy and, and Rum Boys Robbie and you know, folks that kind of just focus on redraft and to hear that perspective because us, I mean, me specific you know justin you know he thinks he's great at all formats of fantasy football but you know i think that i need a little coaching when it comes to redraft because my mind is so focused on dynasty and you know and i'm an ageist so i'm all i'm drafting like too many rookies in a redraft league than i should get different a- games man it's two different mindsets you got to go into right. uh, go into it it's about it's, it's a weekly game you know it's it's you're trying to win every single week every week matters and it's about who's going to give you the most points that week, you're not worried about long, you know, longevity, and that's why I try to focus on my TV show. Is I try, I try to focus on the guys that might be on your waiver or while you're on your bench that might give you a really good opportunity to uh, produce that week. So it, it is, it's, it's tough, and it's tough. You would think playing redraft for dynasty players with the knowledge of depth of players that they would yes. know that it would just come so easily to them. But you're right, like you're so infatuated with youth and you come you get such a disdain for some of these older players that you might just skip by them out of natural reflex meanwhile you want that player you know tom brady's a absolutely fantastic redraft quarterback you know you still want those julio jones shares potentially for what he's going to do out there i think antonio brown's a really good redraft player this year um who offers really good wide receiver two upside that in Dynasty, his value has pretty much just plummeted. I'm in a, the Apollo's Playoff Charity League. Shane Barrett's a great Alzheimer's cause. Nice. There's so many causes. It's what's really nice about the Dynasty and fans community is like there's so much good that comes from it. You know, it's, yeah. just, it's such, you know, I mean, Scott Fish is the king of it all, obviously, for what he does for the Toys for Tots. But, I mean, Scott Fish's name's on it, but Scott, Scott couldn't do it without the community. And the community, community yeah. gets so much back into it and supports Scott. And, you know, Scott's name's on it, and he he's the leader of the pack, but it's the community that does it. Like, I mean, John Bosch does a ton, sure. a ton with his limiters for to help out Scott. There's so many good people out there that run these charity leagues, and it's just – it's so nice. It's so nice that we have a community out there. Because I do, I think Dynasty Community is so great. I really do. I think the people out there, are, for the most part, about ninety-eight percent of them are top top quality. So let's talk about the two percent right now. About they're just total shitheads. Every year we find those shit. Two percent. I feel and like it might be like three and a half. Yeah. You know, what's the over and under on that? That'd be a great trade poll or and like a somehow poll. they end up like getting blackballed for you know eternity after opening their mouths on twitter uh so yeah some people get blackballed and some people are just known for it. it's just uh right 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 yeah right. Also, those people they do I mean, well i'll tell you what i'll tell you what probably no one did today nobody picked up uh, mike strachan for five bucks off waivers indianapolis colts wide receiver so apparently oh, yeah. someone did <laughs> yeah so we're in the six what we're in the 16 team dynasty trades hq listener league the very first one uh, 16 teams, 11 starters, super flex, tight end premium, 30 roster spots, and like 10 taxis. No, no, no. 
35 roster spots, 10 taxi, and some, a bunch more IR. I mean, it's stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. W- Willie Sneed got picked up off waivers today for 55 bucks. David Bloud got uh, picked up for $100 today. Yeah. So I picked, okay. So I picked up MVS. Somebody dropped uh, Michael Sipes, dropped Marquez Valdez Scantling. I picked him up for $250. So we have a $1,000 budget, and I got him for $250. God bless you. Hopefully, carries you all the way to a championship. I, I, I giggled a little bit because he, so, he was so proud of this. Dude, pre show, he and I were bullshitting, and he's like, I Yeah, what do you think about the MVS pickup? I'm like, uh, Okay. Dude, in a 16 yeah. team league. Okay, let's, in comparison. In a 16 team league, Larry. In a 16 team league, if you're starting MVS, you're hoping for a high draft pick. Just just team league, you're just focusing on your starting lineup. That's what you're, that's what you're looking for. Because every when it comes to buys, everybody's struggling. When it comes to injuries, everybody's struggling. You're just focused on a dynamic uh, starting lineup that when you get to the playoffs, you can overcome the rest of your. We team. have Larry and I have sat here post show a few times and gone through and been like, okay, how many starters does this team have? And nobody has more than. 10 or 11 legitimate starters. Yeah, an 11 starter league. MBS is going to see the field, you know, whether yeah. you like it or not. And within through injuries and who knows how far along Amari Rogers is going to be. And you know, Randall Cobb, come on, man. I almost feel like they brought him on to almost be a mentor because of the connection that he does that his, his dad does have with uh, Amari Rogers. Yeah, so it's a coach. People got really, you know, people went six to midnight. Some of these people, the Randall Cobb sign. I mean, the guy hasn't done really anything since 2016 at all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, for the last five years, he's a guy who's averaging like eight points per game. Probably going to stick right around there. You know, I would still say in Green Bay, Robert Tunyon's definitely the number two option. You could argue, you know, Aaron, Aaron Jones there too. It's just still going right. to be right. a monster there for. The Packers. I mean, Packers. I mean, that's that's what they do. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like Tom Brady asked when you know Nikhil Harry got there and he wanted to play wide receiver, and Tom Brady's like, "No, Rook. Yeah, you know, I got time for that. I'm here to win ships." So, <laughs> MVS in, in comparison in the same waiver run, our good buddy FF Blitz acquired Donta Foreman for three hundred and seventy-one dollars. I mean, you're gonna rag on MVS. For a guy that could potentially see the field, he's probably going to do. Is he really not going to match what he did last year? I mean, what do you have? Like close to 700 yards, I think. No, 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 no. No, he didn't. My way off there. Oh no, he had, yeah, he, he did. He had seven, 690 yards and six touchdowns. What's oh, concerning he there is he had 63 targets because oh, he caught 21 yards to catch. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, and he had 63 targets and for 33 receptions. I mean, so it's obviously they're all long. They're all bombs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's. I mean, he's in a 16 team. He's going to see the field. You know, how they can incorporate the rookie yeah. and, you know, Mari Rogers. He can play slot. Is Randall Cobb going to play the slot? Um, you still yeah. have Equinemia St. Brown out there. It's it's a, it's a weird – you never know who the number two receiver is going to be. You're forgetting, I mean, you're forgetting my favorite name on the team, old Alan Lazard. Oh, Lazard. Oh, Alan Lazard, yeah. I do. I, I love me from Alan Lazard. <laughs> he's kind of – yeah, he's just a vanilla guy, Lazard. They're all vanilla guys. It's Devontae <laughs> Adams. Devontae yeah. Adams like Rocky yeah. Road. It's no, fine. No, seriously. In a 16 you know, team, we're just churning exactly. the bottom that, of the That's my argument. In this particular league, I think that's a steal to have a rando, a rando that I could actually plug in and during a bye week and injuries when I got, you know, as I'm my sitting on my money right now and hoping that somebody pops up from somewhere, you know, second or third week of the preseason or sometime during the team, oh. during the season. And I can grab a start or two. I can't believe we, we talked about MBS for this long. Yeah, you did this to us. You I did, did it. it. You got to go big, dude. 
in this league, you got to go big for waivers. Um, Tyler Henneke went for like 900 bucks or something, right? So, Rich, man, how did you get into Dynasty, dude? I mean, let's talk about you for a little bit here. My first pick, I ended up with the 1-1 in my initial Dynasty draft in 2004. Um, I took LaDainian Tomlinson. Yep, there you go. My first pick, and I took, uh, I took Reggie Wayne coming back. That was a good one. I think it was maybe Daryl Jackson after that. I don't remember, but uh, there's that one player. I just, I like, I've always liked fantasy football. And then when I got in the dynasty, like there was no dynasty fantasy football websites. There was no rules even really in place that I knew of at least. So, you know, I've heard of the, I heard of the game dynasty where you just basically kept all your players. So I got a group of my buddies and I was like, dude, let's start this dynasty league instead of this, you know, fancy, our regular redraft league. And, you know, we just kind of made up the rules as we went along and those rules ended up becoming like pretty commonplace in most dynasty leagues, you know, instead of taxi squads, we call them practice squads in 2004 right. um, on those lines, but it, we played on Yahoo. So we had to, we had to track it, you know, with yeah, all, all day, the, like that, but, snap, took a snapshot as with the last, you know, when the league yeah, and stuff, there, yeah. there wasn't any like one player that really got me into it was just actually the love of the game itself. It was just the concept of the game, you know, of not the fact that you could actually draft a really good team and then keep that team forever. Like that yeah. was like, you know, when I was playing redraft, I was pretty good at redraft and I, I draft these teams and I know you don't want to let them go. If I can just keep them forever, it'd be great. Right. You know, and that's, that's <laughs> kind of the mentality I have. Like I was doing so well in redraft and it's like, man, if I just carry this over year in and year out and I heard about dynasty, I was like, I got to check this out so I could dominate my friends. Yes. And you know, the realization is just, I, I love, I love I love anything that you do, which is most things in life. That if you put the time into something, you're rewarded. You know, and I feel like Dynasty is one of those games where, if you put the time into it, you know, if you do the film study, if you scout the rookies, I, I you know I, I remember I remember very early uh, coming away from playing a game, and uh, I think I think it was 2004, and watching the scouting combine, getting ready for our draft, and watching this uh, receiver out of I think it was Northern Colorado, if I'm correct, if I Northern Colorado State or something on those lines for it was Vincent Jackson. And I remember watching him run the gauntlet gauntlet and thinking, man, this guy is going to be a good wide receiver, like Northern Colorado State or wherever we're we're from. (laughs) I was like, I never heard of that. And then he got taken the second round of uh, of the NFL draft. I'm like, look at this. Like, this is a guy who I liked at the combine who went in the second round of the draft and then being rewarded for that for the long term as well. It's just I I really enjoyed that aspect of the, the game as well. So it's just for me, it's just it always boils down to fantasy football and the time I want to put into it and how much I would talk about it amongst my friends. I mean, I wanted to start Dynasty Nerds probably eight years before I started Dynasty Nerds, you know, and uh, right. I would talk about it and just never came to fruition. And um, I just thought I, I thought of where the game could go and I want to have. I want to have a voice in it. I want to have at least try to have a voice in it and try to help expand the game, you know, just because it was something I was so passionate about. And it consumed me and my friends. Like we would talk, our wives were at the time girlfriends would get so annoyed about it. We're talking about draft picks and trades. Like really? Five days a year. I can't believe that. That makes no sense to me. Really? Yeah. Larry, Larry has no experience with that at all. (laughs) My wife fucking hates um, anything that has to do with fantasy football. Everything. So you mentioned 20 leagues. Is that what you're in? Yeah. 20 dynasty leagues. Yeah. Do you manage them like a portfolio or do you, are you player centric? It's easy for me to be player centric because when I, you know, for my rookie drafts, like when I scout these players, like that's, that's where I scout the players. So 
but it depends where I pick. You know what I mean? Depends where it goes. I would never. I don't. My portfolio is pretty broad. It's it's easy to be that way when you're in twenty dynasty leagues. But sure. there's players I don't own. You know what I mean? I have zero Justin Jefferson shares. Zero. Me, me uh, I'm, I'm there as well. I don't have, I have any too. I have zero Nick Chubb shares. I have zero yeah. Christian McCaffrey shares. I have zero yeah. Derrick Henry shares. I have, you know, there's there's tons of players I have zero shares of, and, and players that like I like. There's players that I like. So it's just, I'm I'm a firm believer in taking best player available. Yeah. And there's a lot of and, and what if, I do get a little oversaturated because there's a lot of players I believe in that the, you know before the other community like before the rest of the community gets in on you know I always say I preach it you know well it seems like a buy like an overpay today is an underpay tomorrow so there's a lot of players that I'll have a lot of shares of like I have a lot of Mike Williams shares because I believe in Mike Williams I have a lot of DJ Moore shares I have a lot of um I have a boatload of Robert Tunyon shares just because I picked him off the waiver wire. Um, at the time where it was rumored that he was playing well in camp and when everybody else was leaning towards Jay Sternberger, you know, the Green Bay reports were re- leaning towards um, Robert Tunyon. You know, I obviously have a ton of Baker Mayfield shares. He's probably my number one owned player. And that's the one player I would say that I went out and aggressively bought, I think, in all my dynasties was Baker. It's, you know, one, he's the quarterback of my favorite football team. Two, he's a player that I really believed in coming out of Oklahoma. So it's just, yeah, when I, when I go for my teams, it's just, where is my team at now? You know what I mean? Like, what does my team need to either win today or where does it, where does my team need to win to tomorrow? So when it comes to my player shares, I'd have to get in the dynasty GM and see my total player shares, but it's really spread out pretty good being in 20 leagues. Speaking of Baker Mayfield. So the Scott fishbowl happened and what's fun about the Scott fishbowl. It seems like it happened forever ago. And I just looked at my team earlier and I was like, man, I don't even remember this. This is fantastic. It was like looking at a brand new team. So, Rich, we had a, a cancellation or a reschedule day of our podcast. And and this was right when the fishbowl kicked off, maybe like day two. And we we decided, you know what, let's let's bring some friends on and, and we'll have a dynasty roast. Everyone's like, oh, you know, the love on Twitter. It's it's so rare to see people like loving each other on Twitter, but during that fishbowl kickoff, everyone was like, oh, look at my team. And everyone was like, oh, I love that. I love what you did on the, you know, the 7-8 turn. You know, great pick there. This I love talking shit about other people's teams. <laughs> That's what we did. And it was we, so much fun. So we decided, you know what? Everyone's all kissing each other's ass right now. Let's get back to, like, how Twitter really is. Let's rip up some teams that everyone everyone thinks their team is the shit right now. Let's have a Dynasty Roast show, an SFB 11 Dynasty Roast show. Scott Connor on, I had Shane Manila and Rumboy's Robbie and me and Justin. We just sat there and we, we threw it out to Twitter and we got. Oh, you know, Shane had, had to love that. We got about a dozen, you know, willing, willing participants. And yeah, man, we just teared up teams. It was fantastic. So I took Baker Mayfield. God bless. And you. at the time was, the, so I'm, I'm rattling off my team and I took Baker Mayfield. Okay. Who, uh, what other QBs were, uh, you know, were out there? Blah, blah, blah. Kirk Cousins. And everybody just pounced. It was like a tiger on top of an antelope. Like just run it. We're just, oh, you took Baker Mayfield. Oh, what do you over, think? You took QB 17 ever. last year over QB 11 last year. Yes. Yes, Rich. Yes. He took the perennial back end QB1 and said, no, I don't want you. Let me get QB2 Baker Mayfield. Yeah, but he, you, but he also said the same guy who the second half of the season uh, over the last six weeks, even when you include uh, three really bad weather games, was QB8 on the year. Um, get him! Well. So him. there's – and who has a really – should have a really good completion percentage. So that really – 
fits in the Scott Fishbowl uh, equation pretty well. I, I, I too, out of pure bias, would take Baker Mayfield over Kirk Cousins. So I'm, yes. I'm fine right. on your side. I got Dynasty Rich well, on that side. I'm good. I get that. I understand why people would would hate that, but like I, I am the biggest Baker Mayfield believer in the world. So it's 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 gonna. You know who is QB three over? You know who you, who was QB three over the last eight weeks of the uh, fantasy football season last year? Who was QB three overall? Uh huh. Over the last eight weeks of the season, I know who it wasn't because I know who Baker was ahead of. Baker was ahead of Russell Wilson. He was ahead of he was ahead of Pat Mahomes. He was ahead of Matt Ryan. He was ahead of Kyler Murray. Um, so was it Kirk Cousins? Was QB three? It was. He was QB three for the last eight. <laughs> yeah, he really he really came on strong there. I mean, he, he was really he really benefited from um, you know Justin Jefferson coming out yeah. so strong. I mean. You know, I talked about it on my show the other day, like Justin Jefferson. People don't really like he finished running back wide receiver six, but in reality, he was really more like wide receiver four because he didn't really start, he played less than 70% of the snaps the first two first weeks of the season, um, behind uh, you know, BC Johnson there. So, I, I get it. I mean, I get why people would paint on Baker, and I get it's easy to love Kirk Cousins, but you know, it was also Kirk Cousins' first year as being a QB1 there, uh, in Minnesota. It's his first year, I mean, he's a high end quarterback too. and I mean, to be fair, they're in that same range of points and probably points per game, uh, and that and, and close to that time frame over the years. So it's just kind of like go with your gut on those players. It's kind of like choosing between tight end eight and tight end twelve. Like, oh, he was tight end eight. Well, he was tight end twelve. But well, the real point differential is like, you know, point five points per game on their average points per game. So it's kind of like get the guy you believe in and guy you want to take a step forward. And to me, I mean, you know what you're getting in Kirk Cousins. I think the highest upside here is going to be Baker Mayfield going into year two for the first time ever in the same offense uh, with arguably the best offensive line in football. And it just really boils down to, are they going to throw the football more this year? Or is it going to be more of the same and really run that offense through Nick Chubb? And I think they're going to really want to see what they have. They're getting Odell Beckham back. You know, Odell Beckham's got a lot of proof this year. You know, he hasn't done anything since really 2016. That's mm-hmm. a five-year window. You don't see a lot of bounce backs from that. And he's got to prove because if he wants to keep making that money and being that superstar, he's had to show out this year. And, you know, here in Cleveland, Kevin Stefanski talks about continuously how they're excited to have Odell back. And he they will focus on making sure that he's a part of this offense and pushing the ball downfield. And, and, and Stefanski in his Cleveland offense talks about, too, that they really had to limit the offense last year coming off of COVID being a first-year head coach, never getting the team in there to really work with them, it had to be with the basic with that run game. And they never got to really run the offense they want to run truly. So I do expect the Browns offense to take a big step forward. I know they're going to be pigeonholed as a run team, which is easy to do when you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You know, both finished as running back once last year, 10 and 11. But I'm excited to see what they could do with this offense, with this offensive line, and they could open up the ball. The You know, they could open up downfield early because obviously – if they're going to be a really good football team, they're going to have they are going to run the ball late. So I, I don't think I don't think it's too far off, man. Between Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield, I really don't. So in in terms of dynasty, I've been hammering and, and pounding the drum for Baker as an easy buy all off season. He's one of the best college quarterbacks I've ever seen. Uh, right. I'm out. telling you, that's before the Browns drafted him. In all seriousness, I, I view Baker Mayfield as a, a, the kind of kind of guy who's going to kind of be like that Robert Woods at the wide receiver position. Right. Quarterbacks, right? Like he's going to have some years where he finishes as possibly as high as quarterback eight to quarterback twelve, and probably just as equally finishes quarterback thirteen to fifteen in some years as well. So it just he's, uh, in a superflex, we talked about this the other day too. In a superflex league. Having a quarterback that's 25 years old that's going to give you that kind of production as your quarterback two, which is nobody's drafting Baker Mayfield as a quarterback one, is extremely 
valuable to have right. that longevity at that position. I mean, I had Drew Brees on my roster. I mean, anybody that listened to my show for a long time that knows I had Drew Brees as my quarterback one in Dynasty for 17 years. What that does do, and I think what, it, what Dynasty did for me too, is it made me appreciate players that outside. I always liked other players, right? Like I've always been that way my whole life, but it really made me appreciate players more. Like if, outside of my uh, my place where I watch football, I have a giant center with authentic NFL helmets. And on that shelf, I have a Drew Brees helmet, signed helmet. I have a LaDainian Tomlinson signed helmet. I mean, Nice. There's guys I drafted as rookies that I believed in and I loved that I got to watch their entire career and pay attention to it. So I'm a huge fan of players. Oh, yeah, and like, yeah. I love the Browns, but I respect a ton of players. So, you know, I like DeAndre. I've I've had DeAndre Hopkins his entire career in a couple leagues. Like I'm a huge fan of DeAndre Hopkins, and I've always been a big fan of DeAndre Hopkins since him, since he came out of Clemson. So there's a lot of players. You know, I have a Justin Herbert helmet on my uh, wall because I like Justin Herbert coming out. You know, a lot. Now there are leagues that you move them in that you'll move them in, or the, the once you get them you're you're sticking with them. Oh, I mean any, well, I mean Justin Herbert right now. I mean in Superflex, what what do you have? Like you're more you're more likely to acquire him than than good good luck him. buying him off. You mean it's, it's, right? It's, yeah, I, I am. I am not. I mean, if you're in a, if you're a league with DHH Tyler Gunther, he's moving everybody. He doesn't care. But like I, I'm a true. Listen, when I play Dynasty, everybody's for sale at all times, except for Baker. Honestly, everybody. Uh, even then, even then, if you if you loop me up good enough, anybody's acquirable. So, like anybody's anybody's acquirable. But if you have a cornerstone player, I mean, they're called cornerstone players for a reason. You know, I'm here to win championships, and I'm trying to win championships for many years to come. So, in a superflex league, if I get Justin Herbert, like, what are you giving me for Justin Herbert? Like. For one, it's got to be a quarterback that I believe in, and then plus, because I'm not trading a 23-year-old quarterback, 20, you know, however old Justin Herbert is, for any positional skill player. Absolutely, you know, yep. th There's not a single running back you're offering me. I don't care if it's Christian McCaffrey or what. I mean, even then, like, if, it, it depends where my team is. Like, if, maybe if I had Pat Mahomes and I had Kyler Murray to go along with uh, Justin Herbert, and you offer me Christian McCaffrey plus, you know, if you offer me Christian McCaffrey. And say you offered me, I don't know, you know, Justin Fields or Trey Lance, then we could probably have a conversation. But I mean, players like that, like I'm just building, I'm building around. Like I'm not trading those kind of players. I made a deal for uh, Herbert in the offseason. You want to hear what it is? This is in the Scott Fish Pigs League. This is in Pigs One. And oh, after I, got a good, I got a good Scott Fishbowl tidbit for you after this. Oh, okay. Oh, this is lovely. I gave up Carson Wentz, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaren for Justin Herbert, James Robinson, and Odell Beckham, Tyler Lockett, and a 2021 third-round pick. Yeah, you gave up a lot. Yeah, you gave up a lot. Um, I gave up Wentz, A.J. Brown, Terry but, but here's the thing. I didn't have any quarterbacks to speak of like I, yeah. I wanted and i wanted the stability i mean and also james robinson this occurred in on march 9th i was not expecting the travis etm pick uh yeah i said you should listen to dinosaur's podcast and you would have sold oh i missed that episode uh, yeah yeah he was like he was a hard sell yeah i mean like if you gave up what you had to give up for justin herbert you gave up aj right. brown and you gave up terry mcclurin and in return you got justin herbert but you also got you know, you got Tyler Lockett, who's a consistent, you know, high-end wide receiver, too, who just signed a long-term extension. The smart move there, in my opinion, would have been to immediate flip James Robinson if you could have. When you play Dynasty Fantasy Football, the, the most fluid position on your uh, roster should always be the running back position. The odds of a running back being a running back one more than one year is under 10%. 
Uh, honestly, it's it's really? not very. Is it, yeah, is it? Is it, is it yeah, I did. A, if you look, if you check out, go back to the history. We did a show. It might have been right before the last season. We did a, a show on, and it's on YouTube as well of the odds. We did a, we did a thorough study, and I could probably bring it up my laptop if I really want to. Of what are the odds of you being a running back one more than once? And the odds are not good. I think to be a running back one over once was like seventeen percent, and then be a running back more than twice was under ten percent, and just got worse and worse. I mean, the facts are. It's just hard. It's such a fluid position with injuries and influx of talent. And when we talked about this yesterday, I mean, for you to go through and tell me the top 12 who are going to be running back ones right now, you probably got a solid 16 running backs that are options to be in there, 16, 18 running backs. So I'm a firm believer, a firm believer of always trading running backs, always. It's the best way to be a long-term successful dynasty team, to grab players, grab those young receivers, plus draft picks to keep – being fluid and drafting those running backs. So, yeah, I would have traded Javon Robinson right away. But, I mean, I, to be fair, I'd trade away any running back. Yeah. I mean, my beef my, – well, my issue with my team was that I did not have any running backs. I had, like, I had Kareem Hunt, and that's it. You know, it's a start one running back. I had Kareem Hunt and just a, just a handful of scrubs. You had a running so, back one. So, well, well, I did have Kareem Hunt and a bunch of scrubs, and I just wanted another guy that could – yeah. That I thought was a so, I don't think it's a bad trade in Superflex. I mean, I can see a lot of people ripping you because you have Terry McLaurin and AJ Brown, who are two likable, probable wide receiver ones that are under the age of 25 years old, which are, you know, it's uh, it's pretty much dynasty gold. When you say it like that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's dynasty gold, right? But what's in Superflex, what's true dynasty gold is when you have a top six fantasy quarterback that's under the age of 25. I mean, that's the greatest. Right. It doesn't matter what you, it doesn't, nothing else matters. Like that's yeah. I mean, I was a, I was pretty good at wide receiver. I had no running backs. I had no quarterbacks. So yeah, I when you start looking at I don't, like I don't players and so I could wheel and deal. I don't know if you've done any uh, startups this offseason, Rich, but when I'm you start right now, what, yeah, yeah, when you start looking at what's going on in startups and you see like the quarterback domination, it's clear where everyone where the value has swung. So I mean, and it's all these young quarterbacks that have put up monster seasons and. You know, we're all projecting them to are continue you, uh, rolling. So, uh, yeah. I mean, what are the settings in this? Is Superflex? It, this one's a uh, this one's a lot of new dynasty players that are local. It's a local league, so it's a one QB oh league. You know, I hard as hell for. And Super they're playing Flex. with Dynasty Rich. They all they all know your name, right? Well, I mean, four I, I, four of them are actually in the original or from my original eighteen year league too. So okay. it's not mm-hmm. there's not like it's not like there's a lot of these guys were new and they just know and they're like, what's Dynasty? So we got on the start this league. So I got in the startup, but um. Even that, like there's an influx of young. I think that's the biggest thing that's changed about the game of Dynasty itself is um, the the traction of youth and the traction of future upside has really come to the forefront of Dynasty fantasy football. If you do a startup, you know, it, it, for example, in that startup, even though it's one QB, the first were two receivers off the board were Justin Jefferson at pick five and CeeDee Lamb at pick six. Okay. So, one QB, of course, yeah. Yeah, but you know, I mean, that's ahead of, the names that you would think of Tyree Kill, uh, Devontae Adams. You can argue yeah. Stefan Diggs in that in well, that class. You I'm not play. taking those three guys if I'm in a dynasty startup. I, I, um, I made the same argument myself. I would have taken Justin Jefferson one as well, and then or CeeDee Lamb, one of those two as well, which right. is which is crazy over um Tyree Kill, but I believe in those guys so much that and that, that's really that's really a huge outlier for something for me to say that I would take those two guys after one year of production right. over an established player like Tyreek Hill, who's only 
27 years old. You're still still like, you a win now guy? Or are you just like, I'm I mean, always a win now guy. Listen, man, I've been playing dynasty for a long time and teams that look good on paper. I've seen thousands of dynasty teams, thousands and teams that look good on paper four years from now, don't usually look as good as you thought they did on paper down the road. Yeah. And, I mean, why do we play fantasy football? Right. Why do we play redraft? Like, I think that's the biggest thing that a lot of, podcast especially dining podcast uh get away from and it's not what we get away from at all it's what do i need to do to win right and sometimes it, and sometimes what you need to do to win is blow it up and we talk about it all the time there's only one place to be in dynasty either you're competing for a championship or you're in yep. free full reload mode right like yep. you're you blow that shit to smithereens you, you saw everybody you got and you're accumulating youth to build another dynasty because I'm always trying to win. Like, if you're in a league with me, you know, like, oh, there goes another rich draft pick. I love trading draft picks for established players. Like, I absolutely love it. Like, because mm. I'm trying to win, right? Like, oh, I can give up a first round pick and I can get Tyler Lockett. Okay. You know, like, going into last year, you could have gave up a first round pick and probably something small and probably acquired Stefan Diggs in some leagues uh, within yeah. the Buffalo. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, I love moves oh, like that. Like I, I love that, yeah. in draft capital. And listen, I get it. it. The only way to get those superstar players like Justin Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb is with your first round picks. But it depends where your team is. So like I'm always trying to win. I'm always trying to win. And whether that means blowing up or be or just competing for a ship. Like if I have a chance, if I feel like I have a legit chance, I'm going for it. Um, right. I'm going for that title, and I'll go all in if I have to. Like I'll trade away future draft capital. I'm not worried about it because. I know if it doesn't work out, if I feel like if I truly have a championship caliber team, if it doesn't work out the way I think it's going to work out, I can then blow that team up and get all that draft capital back. Like I'm not worried about getting draft picks back. And right. And I really, speaking I really, of, what's that? So speaking of, since we're at that point now where everyone has to make that decision, you know, it's preseason football. We're finally seeing players on the field, on the practice field, and we're going to see some preseason games this weekend. Mm-hmm. Is this the, are you willing to commit and sell picks now, or do you like to wait until the season to decide which way you want to go with a team? Um, I feel like I have a pretty good grasp of my teams now. Like I don't need a preseason to tell them where my teams are. Like I feel like I usually have a good grasp of my team in the offseason when the season ends uh, where my team is. You know, obviously, we have a lot of great tools at, at on DynastyNerds.com that really help and assist with that. You know, I think – it's the whole reason I had the idea for the dynasty GM in the first place that helps streamline my leagues and let me see where my weaknesses are. You know, I'm in 20 leagues. Like I said, like I wanted a tool that was going to help me manage all these leagues efficiently and tell me where my weaknesses are and tell me, because I think the biggest thing too is, I know this is a little off, off topic, but um, it's easy to look at your team, right? Like it's easy it's so easy to look at your team and like my team's pretty good. Like I think my team is pretty good. And you can have and that's the thing with Dynasty. Like you can have a when you look at your team, you can have a pretty good fucking team, right? Like you're like this team could win. But then what what you don't realize is like there's two other teams that are really really good as well. They have a a, a better chance at winning your league. So like I I make sure that I pay attention not just to my team, but like I'm really trying to pay attention what my other league mates are doing around me and like what my competition is like right i have two teams that that were able to blow their team up and acquire tons of draft capital and they just built these powerhouses and i think i have a pretty solid team but i know the odds of me being those teams are pretty slim well then i'm going to go ahead and sell my guys 
off to teams that think they could compete with those teams because they're they're a little bit more narrow minded and they're just looking at their team instead of the whole landscape of the league. Um, so going back to answer your question, like no, I think I think I have a good grasp of my team when the season ends and not now because I think if you're looking at the see where your team now where your team stands now, like you miss you missed the boat, right? Like you missed your yep. rookie draft, so. There's not there's not a lot of chance to go there. You're really just looking for future picks now at this point. Like if you feel like you made a mistake and now time to blow it up, you're just waiting. Now you have to be patient because now you're just waiting for injuries, right? Because the best way to get the best value is when somebody goes down. You know when the Cam Makers owner goes down and now you trade Daryl him Daryl Henderson for a first round pick, and you figure out where you want that. Hey, give me a first next year and or give me a second next year and give me your first in 2023. You know like that's. I feel like if you're doing that now, you kind of miss an opportunity to really reload on your dynasty team. Talking about the nerds site, I mean, what inspired you to, to create Dynasty Nerd? It's like its own machine right now. Bigger than I ever thought it would ever possibly be. Um, <laughs> I'm very proud of where we're established into the dynasty community. Um, yeah. I, I really am. And what makes me really happy is just I know my number one goal was like when I started dynastynerds.com, it was because not only I love the game, but I wanted to grow the game. I wanted to get the game out in front of more people. And now that we now I have the opportunity to do that, that's what makes me our number one goal is not just to like there's a lot of sites that offer that offer a lot of good analytics, right? But we want to make sure the first thing we can cater to is the people that are just learning to the learning the game of Dynasty and to begin with. Like we just want to grow the game. So that was the whole reason. And it's still and it's I have the same reason today of doing this that I did beginning. It's to grow the game of dynasty. It's it's the best game in the world in my eyes. It's the only way to play fantasy football. And the more sites out there and the more podcasts like the podcast you guys are doing out there to promote the game, the better. You know, and the more people that that like it and the more people play it, that just really excites me that say think that I have a small hand in that. So I just want to grow the game and I want to give anybody that comes to our website every tool they could possibly need to succeed at the game because that's the fun part you know everybody wants to play people want to win people want right. to win three chips in a row so like everything i do now for dinosaurs.com it's literally to, to help grow the game you know like I, I preach on a podcast all the time with our membership when you know oh, buy us a cup of coffee like not only are you helping others and help grow the game like you're helping us build tools to grow the game you know what i mean like the easier the game is to play for other people, the more people are going to play it. Because, I mean, Dynasty can be an intimidating game, right? Like, oh, rookie picks, taxi squads. Like, this is a lot of information. I don't know if I can handle all this information. Well, we want to make sure you have the tools. And, like, you have it up there now, the Dynasty GM. It's amazing. It's a, it's a whole reason we offer it for free for the first three days. Just so you can, get your, you can get in there and play with it and see what it could do for you. You know, it's a whole reason. That, these are all things that I want as an yeah, 18 I mean, it, I mean it's really – I'm I'm not on this site enough. I can guarantee you that. I mean, I spent I spent a lot of time on the rankings, so I do I do probably most of my damage on Dynasty Nerds mm -hmm. on the, the rankings and stuff. But yeah, I really should pay more attention to. I mean, look at all these articles and love love those boxer briefs. Yeah, I got there. a pair of those sexy bastards. <laughs> um, you know, I got I got a text just the other day for somebody. Um, he just signed up, and somebody I know he's like, dude, I just spent two hours on the Dynasty GM. Like you knocked it out of the park with this tool. Yeah. Like I spent two hours on this thing. I'm like, yeah, man, it's exactly what I want it to be. So, I mean, like we just had that new app come out, the mock draft tool to help players get ready to mock draft and 
that that app is going to be fantastic. What some what we know it's going to be really helpful for is when rookies are going to be put in the system here in the next month and getting ready for your rookie draft and generating rookie ADP. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's a site that we aim to please and just provide every tool you could possibly need to win your league. Whether it be the the Dynasty Nerds film room, so you can go in there and watch every rookie's college tape right. just on that player. Whether it's you know nerd scores, whether it's deep into articles, if it's podcasts, if it's tools and league analyzers and trade calculators, like everything you just need to the to help make the game easier and more fun to play. You know, I mean, yeah. that's what it boils down to. It's just let's yeah. grow the game of dynasty. It's it's why I'm excited with the fantasy football expo this weekend in Canton. I'm gonna see like lot, like all those guys you just mentioned. I had guests on our show. Like I'm gonna be hanging out with those guys all on Saturday. Shane, yep. Sipes, sure. Scott Fish, Ryan McDowell, Michael Lou. You know, like the, the ball blast. I mean, I get to see all those people on Saturday, and I appreciate all them all so much because they have the same. You know, vision and same hobby and same love as I do. They just want to grow we're a, a game common. that we love. <laughs> so, uh, are you in any Devi leagues also or DFS? Like, do you do every? I mean, you mentioned redraft and dynasty. Do you, do you dabble in any of the other stuff? I, I, I don't do IDP. I don't do Devi. My hands are so full now with just what sure. I do now. Like, I have no time to add anything else there. I play DFS very casually. I know a couple professional DFS players. And I know when and where not to waste my money. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I had – let me put it this way. I had somebody – I met this professional DFS player, man, and he's like – we were talking about it. He really, like, discouraged me. He's like – it's the best way. He's like, if you want to play DFS, he's like, play with your friends. <laughs> so he's like, get a group of your mm-hmm. friends to play. And he yeah, gave me – You're not this- hitting it big. Uh, we're not hitting it big. Uh, in the DFS it, world, just because we don't have, we don't know. I mean, it's like it's still, it's the same. It's a different game, dude. It's a different yeah. game. They have to put so much more time into if you want to succeed yeah. at it, which people can. And it, 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 they gave me this lineup, man, and I was like, that. So I put this lineup in. Oh, I'm watching game. the games, and I'm having the. <laughs> this lineup is killing. And I'm like, this is amazing. Look at how many points I'm scoring. Yeah. And I, I was in the Millie Maker, and uh, I came in like super high. And the amount of money I won was really disappointing for how high it came. Um, so yeah, I just don't. It's not my lane. I try to stay in my lane, and my lane is my lane <laughs> is dynasty fantasy football. You're not DFS rich. No DFS. No <laughs> Debbie. No IDP, man. Because again, kind of what I said in the beginning of the show, it's like you're you're as good as how much time you put into some things, and I just mm. don't have the time to put in DFS that that be successful at it. And like I'm always gonna be looking at, like you said, like a redraft look into it. And I'm, that's not good enough to win DFS. So, like, right. I don't play it because I don't have the time to put into it. I don't play Debbie because I don't have the time to study these kids coming out of high school or these young college kids. I barely have time. Like, even for my rookie content, like, I don't start that until the NFL season's over. Because when the season NFL season's go on, I'm putting all my attention into the NFL season, these players. That's where my attention is. Yeah, that's where yeah. I want to, that's, that's what I need to know now. When DFS was first getting big and I wasn't in a bunch of leagues, it was like the filler. Like, oh, I can I can set some more lineups. I can piddle yeah. around with this, whatever. As I keep adding dynasty leagues and I maintain the, the number of redraft leagues that I, that I have, I find that I don't need that, that filler. I don't need that stimulation as much because I've already been busy enough setting – 15 lineups on a Sunday morning. Like I don't, I don't need to go piddle around with a DFS lineup. So yeah, I'm I think, like I'll, I'll casually 
put a couple lineups together and throw them in a couple contests. But yeah, I, I barely did. I said my my thing is like I'll get on underdog, right? And that's what I do. Like I have that, that's my that's my filler. So instead of doing DFS, I'm doing underdog leagues, which I do love. You know, like I remember I think like two years ago I put like I ended up putting like 500 bucks or something like an underdog. Then I end up winning like fifteen hundred dollars. What I did then is like I leave the fifteen hundred dollars in, and then I roll it all over until this year. And I'm just gonna keep rolling it over and rolling it over and roll until it's gone. You know what I mean? And like oh, if yeah, I lose, yeah. I lose. If I win, I win. Um, so instead of doing DFS, like I like that's more up my alley, right? Like best ball underdog leagues. That's that's my little flavor of the week. Little free yeah. plug for underdog. Yeah, well, yeah, well. Speaking of plugs, I might be. We might be time to start talking about monkey knife fight. What? Who is this guy, Larry Monkey? Monkey knife fight, baby. We have a partner with them. You, uh, you register with Monkey Knife Fight. Hundred bucks. If you want to put in a hundred bucks, they'll match you up to a hundred bucks. You want to put in ten bucks, they'll match you ten bucks. You want whatever you want to put in, they'll match it for you. Put in hot sauce in the. Special promo code box and boom, you're you're off and running. So yeah, man, monkey knife fight. Justin, anything to add to the monkey knife fight? Can you even do that in Mississippi? I don't even know. We get to do all the fun stuff down here, man. What? We're, we're like, love, we're I know that you love not wearing masks down there. I mean, is that I mean, that is true fun. around here? <laughs> My God, I have, I have some anecdotal stories about you know getting getting laughed at or uh, smart-ass comments from wearing oh, a mask I know. the past week or so since things are getting crazy again here. But The Nerds app. What can you tell us about the Nerds app that might, might you know, bring some more folks on board? Uh, the Nerds app right now, as it currently stands, is just currently a Dynasty mock draft app. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. it was made for the Scott. You know, you could, you could have done the Scott Fishbowl mock sure. in there. I did. Uh, so that will be available next year. Um, so it's a, a Dynasty mock draft app. My goal there, my number one reason I want to have a mock draft app is because I want live ADP. That's what I want. I don't want up to the minute live ADP on my website. I don't want to do a couple mock drafts the first couple days of the month, and then that's ADP for the month. Like, I want, like, Dynasty is an ever-changing landscape, right? Like, you don't know who's getting arrested, who's getting hurt. So, like, I want live up to the minute ADP. So, right now, if you download the Dynasty mock draft or the app, that's what it is. We'll eventually be moving – uh everything we have to the app so the oh. dynasty gm will be on the app the website will be on the app the podcast will be on the app like everything we rankings will be on the app um we just hired a new uh ux designer uh we're gonna really take our rankings up and make them we're actually even taking them up another notch and make them even prettier with our player profile cards which will have some really good information there too we have a guy we have we have so much good things and getting ready to come out that we have so many things we're working on with our 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 design team and our developers. Um, so right now the app's a mock draft app, but eventually it's just going to be a, an overall dynasty app that you can mock draft on. It's going to have everything you need from dynastyers.com on the app. So yeah, download it anywhere you can get an app. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty sweet. Startups go, startups are all year round, honestly. So yeah, I mean, we're going to have the rookies in there in I think in the next four weeks, we're going to have the rookies in there. So you start rookie mock drafting as well. Nice. And, and and we have it so you could trade for picks. So, like, you just don't pick the 1-1. One, one. Whatever picks you have, you could put into that mock draft app and draft from nice. that position. So it's not just one-sided. It's never, It's what we do at Dynasty Nerds. Like, we're never, we're never satisfied. It's always like, all right, what's next? What's next? Yep. What's next? And we have a long list of what's next that we keep adding to. And 
keep coming out with. So we're excited. Are you a jersey guy? Do you have like um, like player jerseys? Do you wear it all? Uh, I I don't really wear jerseys. Um, I have a lot of jerseys. Like I have like my Baker Mayfield jersey up. I have a a wall of jerseys outside. Like I said, those helmets. I have like I have some jerseys up there in frames. I have out there. Got any uh, got any David and Joku uh, jerseys? I did not have Joku jerseys. <laughs> the only the only non Browns jersey I even own that the wear like that's wearable that I've worn is Ladainian Tomlinson. Ooh, well, well I'm saying, yeah, that's nice. A well, powder blue or what color? It's uh, it's the powder blue Jets. Yeah. Of course, Tomlinson, it is New York Jets. No, no one. No one. I have I have jerseys. Um. But yeah, I don't. I just it's. I'm a jeans and t-shirt guy. Like I mostly wear the jerseys like to away games. I'll wear a brown jersey, and I go to one. Oh, yes. I always go to one away game every year as well. Um, yes, I'm going to multiple away games this year. Like I'm going to Minnesota. I'm going to L.A. It was Baker's rookie year. You saw the, the Baker Darnold uh, matchup. I think it was a Monday yeah. night game. You flew, you came out to to MetLife. Was it 20? Oh, no, I've never been in. I've never been to New York Jets Stadium. Wow. I, no, you know I, what? Then I, I, it must have been a dream I had. It's on my yeah. list, though. My, my goal is to hit. I will be. I will be at every NFL stadium eventually. Well, I really want to talk about David and Joku, man. Honestly, okay. because what the f is going on with this guy? So, is he ever so going to start? Is he startable? Or was so early on? Early on, we we hit MBS for like thirty-eight <laughs> minutes. And now you want to bring up in Joku. We are we are touching on these. Just Dynasty Rich's here. He's a Browns guy. <laughs> Listen, David Joku suffered from an injury last year. Coming out of Miami, he was a very highly athletic tight end, and like most tight ends, they need about three years to develop into the NFL. And Joku easily fit in that category. He's having a Joku's actually having a really nice camp right now. Um, him and Harris and Brian are kind of outperforming Austin Hooper right now, but. I think in a super flex tight end premium league, I think David Njoku is a buy. Um, what's encouraging about him really is that Njoku is – he drops the easy passes and he makes the spectacular catches. And unfortunately right now is this he's in a really deep group of good, talented tight ends with Austin Hooper and Harrison Bryant. Yep. So for me, I think Austin – you know, obviously he missed most of last year with an injury. He's got first pound round pedigree. He's still only – what 25 26 years old david and joku so young when they, they drafted him yeah that was he was, that was he was like 19 years old or something when he drafted was some he, ridiculous yeah, so he, he's extremely young he's gonna get a contract after this year outside of cleveland he's gonna get paid well enough that he's gonna be the number one guy out there so if you're looking for a really cheap and david and joku's really cheap right now he's a buy he's a buy in superflex league because you're not giving up much for him and there's a there's a chance there's a chance that he could take a big step forward this year. He's already, last year going to the offseason at this time, he was behind Harrison Bryant on the depth chart. On Cleveland's current depth chart, he is the number two tight end. They, they're going to run a lot of 12 personnel. Uh, he had a touchdown, I think, just the other day there in practice. Harrison Bryant had two. I think Harrison Bryant's an absolute buy in, in super flex leagues or in all dynasty formats. Um, he's 100% the future tight end for the Cleveland Browns once they get out from Austin Hooper. It's going to be Harrison Bryant, 100%. He, he continually shines in practice. He just added 13 pounds of muscle. But for David Njoku, I mean, he yeah, I mean, he still offers a ton of upside. He's an Adonis, right? He's an athletic freak when you look at him. And it's just about can he, can he put together and, and, and make sure his hands are 
you know, viable. And for right. me, he's a good upside player. I mean, there's not many young tight ends that have first round pedigree that you can get for super cheap that you know have like major issues. Like Evan Ingram, we know he's a former first round pick. He's right. got some pretty pretty strong issues with his hands. Same and draft class. What's that? Same draft class, I believe, as Njoku. Were they same draft class? Was that Ingram same was taking a little, uh, little. I think in, in, in rookie drafts, uh, Ingram was taking a few picks after. Yeah, because Ingram it was, was, the like, was the OJ Howard draft class. Yeah, well, OJ Howard was, I think, sixteen. Njoku went like twenty six at Brown straight up to like twenty six for him. I mean, in rookie draft, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, as, as far as rookie drafts, like Howard was like the one seven, and then Njoku was like the one eleven. Evan Ingram was hundred percent the same class. Yeah, and then, yes. then and then Ingram was like an early mid mid to mid. He's a low risk player that offers upside. That I'm not looking really much for at all in 2021. So if you buy Njoku, you're really looking for the 2022 new team uptick. Like where does he go? Who's looking for him? I mean, would, you wouldn't like David Njoku in Arizona with Kyler oh. Murray. Oh, baby. Yeah, I mean. Dynasty Rich moving the market. Yeah, David Njoku live. That's, that's a, well, that's I mean, a, this is just a, an audio podcast. That's not even. I mean, I haven't you know, it yet, Gerald but. Everett's only on a one-year deal in Seattle. Yeah. You don't like you don't like David Njoku in yeah. Seattle? That's what I'm trying to say. Like, Njoku's going to get paid. Somebody's going to be really intrigued by his athleticism and upside and he'll probably show just enough in Cleveland this year to get make probably get paid about what he's making this year about nine million dollars a year, which is really good for a tight end. So he'll probably see a four year deal at about nine million per, probably like eighteen million guaranteed. And he's gonna go somewhere. Well, you know, he's gonna if, get forced the ball. If, if, if John can get like forty three million dollars, then Njoku can get paid somewhere. A hundred have the same the same uh, stats basically. And, and you can fill him in anywhere you want when it comes to the upside. I, I mentioned those two teams. I mean, there's he can go to Indianapolis. He can go. The Jets can really take a big oh, step forward and go to the Jets. And he's from Jersey, by the way. Yeah, and he can take a big step over you know and be and be that out that middle of the field threat there. Offsetting Elijah Moore, Corey Davis behind you know, Michael Carter. So for me, the, and this is it's a good. These are the players you want to go after, right? Like this is the perfect dynasty strategy. Like, yeah, what players they have offer good draft pedigree that are still under the age of twenty seven that can offer upside. That yeah, maybe they're not succeeding right now in this system. That could find themselves in another system that could provide me some fantasy football points, which will provide me W. So. When players like that, it's it's my, it's one of my favorite things to do in, for year two players, guys that were first round oh, picks. Love it. And like then the following year, that value drops, and everybody's intrigued with the new rookie, and you go out love there and buy that rookie just because they didn't do anything lately, right? Like you're always looking for that dip in dynasty. Like where is that dip at at certain times of the year? And it's it, those are the best players to buy, guys that you can buy low that offer upside down the road. And I think Njoku falls into that category. If he doesn't pan out, you're not giving up much for him. You know, it's not like you're buying a dip on like Taylor no. Rashad Bateman because he has an injury or Cam Akers per se. You know, it's it's, it's not like that. Uh, so where are you at on Hooper? Then we just, just we, we talked about all the Cleveland tight ends, but who you're out on Hooper? Listen, I I want to say that like you know, usually when it, when a new coaching staff comes in or a tight end switches teams, it usually does take about a year. For them to acclimate, it's it's why it takes three years for these rookies to really be like come into their own because it's a hard position to learn. There's a lot they got to learn in that first year. So I don't know, man. Cooper's he's having a very subpar, okay camp right now. He's having issues with some drops. He had some issues with drops last year, which is really odd because he didn't have that issue at all in Atlanta. He's not the most athletic tight end. 
he he was a tight end one overall in Atlanta up until at the end of the season, right? What's that? He was good in the playoffs last year in the fantasy playoffs. He was he was solid in the playoffs. Yeah, he was solid. But I mean, again, what worries me is it's not Hooper himself. It's it's the twelve personnel with a really good pass catcher running back in Cream Hunt, hmm. two really solid receivers with a third that's coming on, arguably having the best camp here in Cleveland, Donovan Peoples Jones. Then two other tight ends that are more athletic than he is in Harrison Bryant and David Njoku. Right. So it's he's got a just Hooper's got a lot of to compete with. You know what I mean? So like I let me put it this way. I like Austin Hooper for the Cleveland Browns. I don't like Austin Hooper for my fantasy football team. You know yeah. there's right. tons of players that I could talk shit about that people are like, oh you don't like that player. It's like no I think he's a good NFL player, but I just don't think he's a good player for my dynasty fantasy football team or my fantasy football team. There's a difference there. There's a vast difference there. You know, guys that guys that are real fast. Like when the Rams take a guy like Tutu Atwell in the second round, people are like, oh, that's really good. He's got good value in the second round. I'm like, no, they drafted him to help their NFL team. He's not going to help yeah. your dynasty team. You know what I mean? Like, there's so yeah, I don't think like, seventy catches from that dude. He's just there to make to make defenses question and and adjust. A hundred percent. So like, so a guy like Austin Hooper fall. Unfortunately for Hooper, he falls right in that mold of like. Why would you pay for Hooper when you could pay for like well one you can get Logan Thomas for way cheaper who's going to put up more fancy football points but like <laughs> Cooper just falls in that category from tight end number nine to tight end sixteen they're all the same player, the same player. Mm-hmm. Yep. they're all averaging the same points per game so like his value is literally I would rather just have in David and Joku and hope for the upside uh-huh. I really think Harrison uh-huh. Bryant hope for the upside I'd rather invest in if I'm going to buy somewhere like let, let me go. Let me go with the cheaper guy who offers tight at top six upside and Mike Gesicki. Let me go out there and, and make some moves that way. So <laughs> I think Cooper's dynasty value is just not worth the juices. Right. It's, 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 it's so garbage. DPJ, you mentioned Donovan Peoples Jones and you yeah. Know, yeah, I want to, I, I, I feel like I want to re I want to uh, throw it in reverse and talk about him for a couple. He's a buy. He's here. a must buy in all he's your diets. Must too. buy. Yeah. Huh? Um, listen, he, he was a number one. He was a, he's a top five-star recruit coming out of high school in Michigan and Justin put it together and bring it down. Kind of like, and you can say the same thing about Nico Collins. He fits in that, that rookie profile. Right. And, you know, last year he comes in six round pick and, his stats aren't glorified, but down the season, he made some really big plays. I mean, yep. he caught the winning catch for Cincinnati. They needed him. Firing. Going into this offseason, the Browns were a little bit excited about what they had in Donovan Peoples-Jones and what they, what they thought they had in him. They have two older receivers. They're going to be 29 or 30 years older or older. They're on over $14 million a year contracts. And Donovan Peoples-Jones right now, if you ask, if you if you research any beat reporter out of Cleveland or any national media member that stopped here at Cleveland camp, and you ask them who has been MVP of camp, it's been Donovan Peoples Jones. He's made wow. big play after big play, really making a really good um, rapport with Baker Mayfield. Even in coverage, he has beaten coverage and coming out with the football, and he's making big plays here in Cleveland. So. Justin. Right now, it, it, again, I don't think Donovan Peoples-Jones falls into a 2021 asset, but I certainly think that Donovan Peoples-Jones falls into a 2022 dynasty football asset. Asset, and what looks like whatever the whatever you pay for him today will pay dividends down the road. And if oh. Odell Beckham gets hurt or Jarvis Slander gets hurt, he's in line to be possibly the number one fantasy asset at the receiver position for Baker Mayfield. 
So, yeah, I mean, I love guys like that, that offer that kind of upside. So I, I highly encourage you. Know, obviously, I'm really into the Cleveland team here about what goes on every day sure. in, in practice. And that's why I would encourage all your listeners, like you want, I'll tell you this, you'll, you'll know exactly where you're staying with this, whether I'm right or wrong in 2023. You want to buy Harrison Bryant and you want to buy Donovan Peoples-Jones. Those are oh, two guys that you really want. Ian, DPJ. Really. I, I do like some DPJ. I had this conversation oh, with a guy. Who, normally you just like the DP, right? But but in, for for this pod, we're into D, you're a DPJ guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> there. Yikes. Okay, go ahead. Jeez. <laughs> this is why we have that E next to our damn name. Hey, man, that's why we got the E, baby. That's why we got that E. <laughs> Double this down, double video either. Listen, I mean, have you made it to any um, training camp practices for the Browns? I'm trying to go to that shit. It's boring. Oh, <laughs> so well, well, obviously it's boring since you know Baker's been there. You know, he's he's almost they're working on his second contract already. Let's talk about the new. Oh, we'll touch on it briefly. I went to the New York Jets training camp practice last week. I'm 15 minutes from the training camp facility. It's in uh, it's a couple of towns over, and I got there um, nice and early when everything started up. And it was, you know what? It was exciting. I had been there. I've been to a Jets training camp one other time in my life, probably about five or six years ago. I probably should just go every year because it's really fun, man. Honestly, they really welcome the fans and so the Browns. I get why people like it, just not for me. It's not what I want well, to say. Well, here's the thing. When you have a quarterback like like Zach Wilson, who kind of, you know, he was he's the he was the quarterback that came out of nowhere for this year. We have Zach Wilson with the second overall. I really needed to see him in person. I really wanted to see him in so person. So did you get really to watch him throw those two interceptions? He, you know, no, no, no. He was he was fine. This was a great practice for him. He he had like two bad practices, and everyone, you know, we're I mean, we're talking about the New York market mm-hmm. here. And Listen, he had two bad practices, but he came on this. He explained himself, and it was the most perfect explanation you ever yeah. want out of a rookie quarterback at all. He's like, Justin's upset that that Zach that he thinks Zach Wilson should be in a daycare center instead of on the football field. Listen, I, I like <laughs> Zach Wilson a lot. He reminds me of Baker Mayfield a ton. Yeah, and, you know, and, and people are talking about like, oh, he's thrown these picks. And Zach Wilson literally came out today. I think it was this morning. He said, "Listen, I love it." Yeah, the video I saw. There's yeah. a video out there on Twitter and where he's he... like, "Listen, this is where I'm supposed to make mistakes. This is right. training camp. I, like, I want to see yeah. what I can get away with, and I want to learn from it. Like that's that shit's fucking perfect." What I hear from him, I'm yeah. excited for the Jets. They have Elijah Moore, who I absolutely love. I think Zach Wilson to me, he was my number two quarterback coming out of this draft class as well. So I like where they got him. Um, they got Corey Davis. Nobody's ever talking about Corey Davis, but they paid him wide receiver one money. Yep. He's got their play. And then they're in line. They have Jameson Crowder and Keelan Cole and Denzel Mims as their number three uh, yes. option. And listen, I think Michael Carter fits this offense really, really well. I mean, they have two really good <laughs> tackles. And Michael Carter really strived in the outside zone run scheme, which the Jets are now going to run out there with LaFleur as the OC. So, I mean, this is a spot for Michael Carter to really find success. And, you know, everybody loves Javante Williams, but nobody ever wants to talk about Michael Carter, who outproduced Javante Williams at North Carolina. Listen, oh, I'm not saying exactly. he's better than uh, Michael Carter, but we see this situation all the time with the number two guy get taken, and he's actually being the fan, better fancy you know option. And I think Michael Carter is something – I mean, he's somebody – let me put it this way. He's somebody you – know, I said I always like to trade future draft picks. I traded away – my first next year for like pick two, three, just to get Michael Carter. Yes. Yeah. I made Larry's night. I almost left the league earlier. I I was was like, I want dynasty rich on Justin's like, I don't want that fucking asshole on man. Fuck that guy, man. (laughs) 
I can't, put, I can't pronounce G's at the end of the word. Yeah. That's how that went. That's totally how that went. So, yeah, man. I was like, yeah, man, keep going, baby. Preach, preach, preach. Michael Carter, Elijah Zach Wilson. Woohoo. Let's talk shit about your dynasty team. I'm in. Oh, it's too easy to do. Listen. I went, I wanted to see, all I cared about was Zach Wilson going to this training camp. I rolled in, you know, it was great. You know, I, I, and they come out and you're, and you're, you're literally like six feet away from them, like throwing balls. You know, Josh Johnson was just signed that morning. No one knew about it. Everyone was like, what the hell is that? Who the hell is, I'm like, that's Josh Johnson. You know, that it was before Adam, I knew before Adam Schefter knew that Josh Johnson was signed by the Jets. Like it was just, nobody told anybody. So Zach Wilson is, is throwing the ball around this and that. There's this guy that's just stands out. It's a it's electric and this and that and it's not Zach Wilson. It's Elijah Moore. I couldn't yeah. keep my eyes off him. Like so, every report on camp says the same thing. I every couldn't. Keep, I, I'm I'm at I'm I'm there and this is probably like there there was the um, they had just practiced with pads the day before. Then they were it was like the first day they practiced with pads and I was there the second the day after they practiced with pads the day after his birthday Zach Wilson's birthday. I couldn't keep my eyes off of Elijah Moore. He just was every time he. I don't know it was just weird. It was it would it was weird. Watch his college tape. It's not, it's not weird. I said and I and I said when I was watching his tape, I was like, listen, I mean, this is obviously an outrageous statement. What I'm about to say because it's if you're looking for a player that kind of offers that Antonio Brown upside, yes. in this draft class, like it's it's Elijah Moore. Now, why is that outrageous? Antonio Brown's the greatest fantasy football wide receiver to ever honestly play the game. Yeah. I mean, I know. When you, when you talk about wide receiver one finishes, I mean, he did six years straight pretty much as wide receiver one overall. I mean, Julio's over the last decade, only Julio Jones has more wide receiver one finishes, but on an average finish, it's going to be Antonio Brown. So, so to say he has that kind of upside, it's pretty stupid of me to say, but if you're looking for that kind of caliber player, it's Elijah Moore. I, I can completely envision us go. I said this last time on my podcast, it would not shock me whatsoever if seven years from now we look back and be like, and Jamar Chase is good, but Elijah Moore is the better overall dynasty fantasy football player. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't stop. He's that he's he has that kind of skill set. And when you and when you talk about it, you hear his quotes coming out of camp of like, uh, dude, I just I study every receiver in the game and I'm studying everything uh, I do every day because I gotta get better. You're like, hell yeah, you do, man. Cause this dude, that dude catches footballs on the ground. I mean, if you go back and look at that Julian Edelman catch for that Super Bowl, one of the greatest catches ever, that's an Elijah Moore catch. That's what he does. Like he's just He's a very savvy route runner. He's got fantastic hands. He's everything you want. Not an NFL team, uh, but what you really, really want. Great guy, like great locker room guy. Dynasty, like a fantasy football player. A guy who can catch a ton of footballs for a lot of yards and then get it in the end zone. So, yeah, man, I love him. I absolutely, I mean, never, I absolutely love Elijah Moore. The Jets have now, never had a, a receiver like this. I mean, you want to talk about Wesley Walker now, too, and you want to talk about the Brandon Marshall anomaly and all that nonsense with Eric Decker, whatever. This is – I've never – felt this way about the jets right now i've never um i mean i'm very optimistic normally i'm the complete opposite and you're a browns fan so you probably know what i'm talking about yeah it's the best time of the year we've lived we've lived parallel lives to be honest with you i mean you're you have not been close to my life when it comes to football oh yes i have yeah no 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 you haven't no because i know pat Leahy. pat Leahy. no i don't know pat Leahy, but i'm a jets fan since the uh did your team win three games in three years Triple well, overtime. Triple Larry, overtime, your, your, team no, the, your team went to the SC championship a couple years. Your team won a Super Bowl. I know, I know. Team's never Browns, been to a Super Bowl. Right. All right, fine. The Browns have it worse than the Jets. It's, I they do. It. They still, do. We, it's not much worse. Come on. Really? I mean, it's not the Lions. So. Triple overtime in the playoffs? Not the Lions. Happened. The Lions, 
been only only been over 500 once since the year 2000. So we're not right. the Lions. I, I understand the Browns are a terrible franchise. The Jets. Oh, oh, I forgot. Oh, going back to Scott Fish before I forget real quick. I got my, my tidbit. This is great. You guys were talking about Scott Fish earlier. And I, this, this is a humble brag. Do it. I had the 10th pick in the Scott Fish Bowl. Oh, I know. I heard about this. I saw this. Yeah. And I got this is, Josh this is Allen and Kyler Murray. Yeah. I don't I don't know what the hell. So, the, of course you're bragging about The tidbit is, as I looked it up, I literally got both players Latest. later than they went in any other division in the entire format. So – Thank you, Dr. Dre, for inspiring me to pick the Dr. Dre division, where I literally wow. and just I won the tenth spot, and I just that was it. I got them later than they went in any other league. And, it, was in, and when I come, when, somehow Dre. when I don't win, I'm gonna look back and say, "How did I fuck that up?" So you think that you are gonna win the Scott Fishbowl based on the 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 perfect quarterback? Clearly, Larry. Clearly. Oh my god. No, I think no, I have a, no, I, it's not what I think <laughs> I think I have a very good core. If Joe Mixon finishes where I need him to finish, if Kyler Murray and Josh Allen just do what they did last year. And Kyler Murray got hurt. Because Kyler Murray is quarterback one overall until he got hurt, essentially. And Josh yeah. Allen finishes quarterback one overall. If they do what they did last year in that format, and Joe Mixon can stay healthy and be the ball hog he's supposed to be. It's gonna be ugly. I almost I came in the semifinals last year to Scott Fishbowl. I almost made it to the finals. I almost, made, yeah. I just, I just missed the finals. Um, wow, that would have been something, huh? I, yeah, you, know what, you never hear about. I mean, Stompy is obviously the great Stompy, oh. but you never hear of anybody like you know, anybody from you know any big time guys like hit it big at, in the fishbowl, you know. It, yeah, I mean, Mike Clay won the very first year, but it was only like twelve people in there. Oh, so it doesn't, it doesn't count back then. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't count, Mike. Sorry, it's like a regular league. Yeah, I'm gonna tell yeah, him that Saturday. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, um, that is unbelievable, man. But uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, you're and you're right, dude. Like, I mean, Stompy, yeah, Stompy's Stompy's the name, but like, yeah, you're right. No big time analyst has won it in the last ten years. Yeah, that'd be really fucking cool. Anybody can say it. It'd be cool if you guys, any of you, won. You know what I mean? It's like. That'd be oh, super yeah. cool if I won. I don't give a shit about the rest of you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. But at the same time, though, like just imagine if I did win. You know, people are like, "Oh yeah, you won," but you only won because you got Kyler Murray and Josh Allen. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna automatically default to that. Like, Rich won because his his division sucked. Yeah, that's I got, what I'm going with. I got some good players in there. I got Carl Safjack in there and everything. I got oh, I got some there. good players in there. Hold All on, right, man. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you my Scott Fishbowl lineup, and you tell me if I have a chance. This is my starting lineup. I already submitted it. Are you ready? Okay. Sure. At quarterback, I have Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. Right. Uh, at tight end, I have Mark Andrews and Mike Kosicki. At receiver, at re- oh, this is my team right here. Oh, okay. never mind. There we go. What do you think? I think I have a chance. I, I think- like it. I wish you had better depth at running back. Me too. But other me than too. that, man, it looks what? good. But that's every team you wish you had better depth. It's like, right, right, right. It's it's yeah. running running backs a running backs a, a position where you want a little depth though. I mean, I mean this the I mean the jury's out on all three of your first, all three of your running backs. You know. Uh, well, I think the jury's out on Miles. So I think I think I think my sneaky value there that people look. I think what people look at my team and go, "Oh, you're you're running backs," but I think Melvin Gordon offers fantastic. Yeah, no, he's the, everyone's like he's the RB one right now. Clear, he. Um, I don't know if you've heard. I mean, I haven't heard re, uh, reports recently, but in the last 
week or so, I, it was like a no-brainer. Melvin Gordon is clearly the RB1 here. Yeah, Benjamin Albright's been saying that for weeks. Okay. I mean, I, go. so I got Melvin Gordon. Like I said, I think I really think my team hinges on Joe Mixon finishes as a top five fantasy yeah. running back right around there, top six. But I mean, dude, Mark Andrews, he was tight end three overall on a points per game basis, um, which now with that Rashad Bateman. the fourth round. It's a nice yeah, but that was, with that Rashad Bateman injury, I mean, he should see another big uptick. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm a huge DJ Moore fan. I think Odell Beckham can rebound. And um, obviously, you see Mike Williams down there. It's, my wide receiver 44 i think he has a i think his touch i think his touchdowns get him where i need him to be this year lock has to come through for you because you need a solid qb3 in fishbowl i don't i'm not with my quarterbacks now i mean mean, you have two money guys i mean it's it's a health issue yeah it's yeah really as long as those guys stay healthy you're fine if they if they don't you're probably toast anyway like yeah exactly matters nothing in that situation in in this tournament if you lose a main like you're toast like it doesn't matter you mean it's like Injuries have just as much to do with it as anything else. Like, what team can get through someone sure. healthy? I mean, a waiver wire is going to help, but yeah, like if if you lose, if I lose Murray or Allen, and that's not just that somebody loses Pat Mahomes or any of those other quarterbacks, you're, you're done. Yeah, yeah, you're just dead in the water. Yeah, like now that I'm actually uh, looking at two my top five, yeah, you, you got two top like, five guys as <laughs> a quarterback. I got Naheem Hines who offers in this format sneaky, sneaky running back two upside. I mean, this I mean, he finishes what running back sixteen last year, um, yeah, minus Marlon Mack. But maybe you know he is that pass catching back that they're going to need out in the, on third down. Dude, Marlon Mack ain't catching. Dude, Marlon Mack couldn't catch COVID. So uh, yeah, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I know Marlon like, Mack. He's coming up with Achilles. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm trying to be a Marlon Mack guy now. I, I, yeah, I I'm telling know, you, I'm not a I Marlon Mack guy. I've never been. I have not looked at this team in a while. But I'm a think, Cam Akers guy. But I, that's the I, best I Scott Fishbowl team I've seen yet. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, you, boy. I'm telling well, you. you know, I mean, Beckham, yeah, there's some question marks here. If, 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 you hit, if you hit on all cylinders. What team doesn't it's... have question marks in Scott Fishbowl? What team doesn't have question marks? Like, it's just – I like my question marks, and I like my power at quarterback. It just – that's my bread and butter. No, That's my edge. Yeah, man. We'll see. Scottfish is like one of the few leagues where like I want to make sure if I have something to waiver I want, like I pay attention to try to get. I just put a claim in today for Xavier Jones. I think I bet ten bucks or fifty bucks on him. Interrupted, there. man. You were just you were just talking some some smack about Xavier Jones. How you know you want? Yeah, dude. He's dude. He, I think he offers. I mean, I think he offers really good upside. I mean, I, he's a player we talked to the Dynasty podcast coming to SMU. Like he's a very elusive, shaky running back that gets you outside. Um, not just a speed guy, kind of like more like Daryl Henderson is. And I mean, McVay's, I mean, let me put this way. He was an undrafted free agent that made the roster last year. And now he's a running back two on the depth chart. And McVay's already kind of talking him up this week. Daryl Henderson's a nice running back, like, but he's really yeah. just like a north south kind of guy. How McVay's going to run his office? I, I, offense, I really think Xavier Jones offers the most upside. And Henderson's a guy who definitely with his run style could get banged up pretty easily. I, that's why I said, I mean, He's a he's a must own. I think Xavier Jones is a must. I think where Xavier Jones could really pay dividends is what we were just talking about later in the season too. You know, I traded Terry McLaren for fucking Jalen Rager rolling the dice at the end of last season in the league because I oh, was I was going for the fucking title. I was in the title game and nobody was paying attention to their fucking trade offers, and I just needed somebody to plug in because it's a three wide receiver start. And you done messed up, Aaron. I traded I traded Le'Veon Bell. Uh, after his rookie year, before he blew up for Monty Ball, straight up. <laughs> Monty Ball, worst trade I've ever made. I, I come back from Jets camp. I'm watching. I mean, as I as I stated earlier, I, I just couldn't keep my eyes off Elijah Moore. 
I just could not keep my eyes off number eight. And I didn't go in there with that mentality. Regardless, I came home and I just went to every single dynasty league that I have. And I have Elijah Moore in most of them already. You just gave up A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin. Oh! <laughs> no, no, no. I did make a deal with Kaboom in the run and gun league, the Scott Connor league, as, as I like to call it. This is a, a, a 13 start uh, dynasty uh, uh, depleted Debbie league. Blah, 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 blah. I traded T. Higgins. For Elijah Moore and Emmanuel Sanders. All right, I get down with that. That's fair. I could not get any. I couldn't squeeze anything else from Kaboom. I wanted something in addition to T. Higgins because I T. feel like T. Higgins, Higgins has earned that. T. Higgins has earned uh, a solid player plus. And, yeah. and, and T. Higgins and probably have eleven hundred receiving yards this year. Yeah, the guys is. Uh, I had Jamar. I have Jamar Chase also, mommy. Dude, it's a Debbie. You, uh, you gave up Higgins for more. Higgins for more and Emmanuel Sanders. Nobody cares about Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. You gave up Higgins for more. Oh well, yeah, I'm I okay did. with that. I'm not. I, I am. am. I am. Guess what? They went in the same draft slot last year. Why? Why, why can't Elijah Moore? Because I've seen. Team? Because I've seen it from T. Higgins. And that but changes. No one else. No one else is catching passes outside of uh, maybe Corey Davis. I mean, he's clearly our, the wide receiver one. They paid what him about for that James ball. Crowder. But there's, there's there? crowded. I mean, you have Joe Mixon. You have a you have a crowded. Uh, there's a lot of targets to be passed around. In, in I think season. I don't. I don't. I don't think Elijah Moore is going to start the season off as a starter. No, I didn't. I, I didn't trade for him to for weeks one through three. I trade listen, I'm him. okay with. I, I'm completely okay with it. As, listen, you're a big Jets fan, so yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. okay with that. And I just like, seen the guy catching like yeah, caught like three touchdowns. Like, like if, if Elijah, listen, you you want to have fun and you want guys you really want to root for. I like so my like, guys. If if Elijah Moore is on the Browns, like I would trade. Elijah Moore for Tegans and have, have no second cut. I would, not, I would <laughs> listen. I have I have Jalen Waddle ranked ahead of Elijah Moore, but if Elijah Moore was on the Browns, I yeah. would rather have Elijah Moore. They're like close enough in that aspect for me that yeah. I would want Come on, Justin. If Elijah, Elijah Moore, Moore was on the fucking Falcons, you would have no problem with this. No, I would still. I, I don't play that out of here. Not, I don't no, play the homer game. I don't play the homer game. He's, I don't listen. I don't play the homer game necessarily, but like, am I? They're in the same tier. And they're like really close for me. Like I'm picking a guy I'd rather root for on a team. Like and see, I, I, hate Ravens. Joke, I hate the Ravens. I'm telling yeah, you, just, Elijah Moore is no joke. I'm, I just I'm don't like, see no. Elijah Moore as the same tier as T. Higgins, like, given that we've seen T. Higgins be good. I'm not looking at Kyle right, Pitts and going, me. I want Travis Kelsey numbers. I'm a Falcons fan. I'm looking at, tra- at Kyle Pitts and going, can I get 55 for 705? Because oh, that, you know, me, I'm, I'm for Pitts. I look at him. And I go. I want Travis Kelsey numbers. I want 1,200 yards. I want. 85 but I'm talking catches. about again. I'm talking about in 2021. But I don't ever expect him to ever hit Travis Kelsey numbers because that, cool. that's ever ever. No, because that's insane. That would be that would be all time tight end great. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's the best tight end I've ever seen on film. Yeah, he's gonna have a head start on. on Kelsey, Are you talking about right? Pitts or yeah, Pitts? Well, it's fine. He's going to have a big head start on Kelsey. Stuff. So, I mean, you want to talk about career stats? Come on. Plus, he's well, going to yeah, be playing but, an extra game for the, his whole career. Yeah, but Larry, he has to reach the peak that, that Travis Kelsey has and name anyone else that has ever reached right. the peak. You're that right, Travis you're right. I get it. I Nobody has any position ever. No. I mean, it's what Travis Kelsey is doing. Antonio and Brown. Antonio Brown's the only player that's kind of reached that. If any other position did what Travis Kelsey – has done, which has been the tight end one overall for five straight years. Um, they'd be considered the greatest fantasy player of all time. Yeah, and not even particularly close. Like it's yeah. not even contested. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but again, you're talking about the best ever. Right, right. We're talking I think I, so I do think I honestly think game. sincerely that Pitts has that possibility. I really do think he does. I think I think I he'll think be. There's a lot of players that have the possibility, but is uh, it, is no, it like, realistic to expect? Real, I think more? realistic. No, realistic because I think he'll be peppered with targets. Um, I think he'll score enough touchdowns, which were Kelsey. I mean, Kelsey led all position, all tight ends last year in touchdowns as well, which is a big part. I mean, he had a receiving yards as well. But that's a big part of it. Touchdowns are always a part of it. He had eleven of those. Um, the tie for that he was tied with Robert Tunyon for the lead in the league for amongst tight ends. It's why Robert Tunyon finishes tight end four. Just I mean that's a big difference. Is Tunyon finishes tight end four overall because of those eleven touchdowns. Kelsey had those eleven touchdowns to go with you know twelve hundred yards. But with I think, two and a half times yards, yeah. Yeah. So I think Pitts, honestly, I, I think this is a guy who dominated the red zone in college, savvy route runner. And so I think he can get those receiving yards, but I think where Pitts is really going to strive is that red zone as well. So I think Pitts, I legitimately said, and I said this over and over again, at, once I dove into his tape and I started watching his tape, I said, this is early on. This is Larry way Monkey early on on Pitts. I was like, Justin this is the best Rogers tight end prospect I've ever seen in my entire life. Football, and I was like, this is your Can't opportunity to get Travis Kelsey at 21 years old. That's a, that's the upside Ooh. he offers. And, I, and, I, and again, it kind of goes back to like, you know, and I think that's way more fair to go, oh, Elijah Moore's like ultimate seal and be like Antonio Brown. That is like a very realistic possibility from what I've seen on tape from him. Like he's he's just as athletic as Kelsey. He yeah. has just as good as hands as Kelsey. He's literally a giant wide receiver. And if he can get into the end zone, which he literally showed that he could do on a consistent basis in college, and what he's already shown he could do in camp with the Atlanta Falcons, yeah, I think he does offer that kind of upside, which is – and I'm a huge, and the reason I love to pay attention to the, the tight end position so much is because I think it's the one position in fantasy football when you play dynasty for a long time, there's a lot of good top heavy teams. Like, so where do you get to edge at? And to me, it's always the tight end position because it's such a, a limited commodity as oh, it is. Yeah. There's like four or five of those guys. So if you have a Kelsey, if you have a Waller, if you have a Kittle, if you have, say, an Andrews, even a Hawkinson, but even if you take Andrews and Hawkinson out, even though Andrews was uh, uh, the third tight end overall on a points-per-game basis, but if you have Kelsey and you have a Darren Waller, that's the difference between you winning multiple championships and not winning multiple championships. So in a dynasty league, there's going to be tons of guys that have a good quarterback, tons of guys that have good running backs and wide receivers, right? Leveling with the influx of young talent we had. But there's only a couple of those really good tight ends that even exist right. that offer that upside for points. So – I think that's one where Pitts becomes so valuable. And I think just, again, and that's fine that you disagree that he that's he's probably in that category, which is – that's easy to say because that's the best effort. How do much it. time does he have to it's get a, into that category, though? It's an outlier. Yeah. I think he's going to get in that category pretty quickly. I mean, look what T.J. Hawkinson did just last year in his year two, finished at tight end number five overall. I think Hawks the Hawks the TE one the tight end one right now. Honestly. And, there, and, and there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of things that have to lead into that too. It's not just talent. Like you have to be the focal point of your offense. A lot yeah, of these circumstances, right? Yeah, okay. it's gonna be. It's so gonna here be you are fighting with Ridley. You've got an aging quarterback who's probably aging out of the Falcons pretty soon. So they're gonna have to make a move. Okay. Yeah, he's got a he's got a fight with Ridley. Kelsey's got a fight with Tyreek Hill. No, who would you rather pick your fight with? You know I mean, it, fair, but you have but you have Mahomes throwing the ball, and and I love Matt Ryan, but he's not he's not Patrick Mahomes. So he's not. The dynamic think, part of the offense doesn't doesn't exist there. I think Matt Ryan's got enough years left to be okay. 
with with Pitts. I think he's. I don't he's, know that he's gonna. I don't know if the Falcons gonna keep him beyond twenty twenty one because of the money. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There's well, a, there's there's a huge money tied down there. They can just hit the reset clock on on uh, the cap next year with all these young players and and start over. But hey, it depends who's available and what position they're in. You like hot? Uh, you're a hot wing guy, or no? You like hot stuff? I love hot wings. Yeah. Really? Can you go? What's your heat level? Are you like give me that? Give me the hottest. Or when you when you're at a, a restaurant, you just like when they're just like, oh, what's I don't. That? I don't go. Um, I like heat, but I like to enjoy it. I, mean, I don't like heat to cry. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. yeah. So it's like, like I love jalapenos. Like I love everything spicy. I have a jar of jalapenos, pickled jalapenos in my fridge right now. I just ate some like before I got in the show. So I'm a big hot. I'm a big hot kind of guy, big hot sauce guy, jalapeno kind of guy. So I get wings. I like to get hot wings, but I want them to be like, I want the perf. I want just enough burn right. where my eyes aren't watering, and I'm not. And I'm going. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, I need some water. You don't want a hiccup. You're, you're like the hiccups are the worst. You want the hiccup hot? You want hiccup hot? No, I want enjoyable hot. Like I want to be like, ooh, that's. <laughs> I was like, here's the thing. I'm like, ooh, that's got a good kick. You know what I mean? Like, not even hot. Like, that's got a good kick to it. Like, it's enjoyable. I want to be able to lick my fingers afterwards. Ooh, okay. Hiccup pot is too is is when you've gone too far. Hiccup pot? No, hiccup pot. I feel like is ooh, okay, bam. All right, I find I find. Now you're trying to eat. You're you're over here lurching everywhere. No, no, no. I mean, there's there's hiccup pot, and then there's running man hot when it's too hot, and you're just like running in place because it's my college. My college roommate came back with a hot sauce from Mexico in college that you had to sign a waiver for. Yeah. <laughs> and you were supposed to put you're supposed to literally put one eye droplet into a bowl oh. like a, a giant thing of chili god bless america <laughs> <laughs> all right dude let's wrap it up what do you say justin you got anything for us no i think we have nailed it tonight dynasty rich this is fantastic on the hot sauce pod this is a famous day i feel like this is a great day man this is like, <laughs> yeah, you know, the founder of dynasty nerds he's the host I mean, the, I mean, the hot sauce pod brings on Dynasty Rich, and we're talking about Dynasty football. See, I mean, I, we love the Dynasty. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I am a Dynasty nerd. I do not own any apparel. I need to get into the fuck. I need to get into the apparel. You know, I you need got to get a lot into that. That's a nice hat you're wearing right now. I think I need that. Sure is. Yeah, sure is. We we, we have the most comfortable t-shirts in the world. So I mean, you're yeah. You know what? I am going to purchase at some some Dynasty Nerds apparel as soon as we log off here. I promise you that because I am so pumped to have Dynasty Rich on tonight. Oh, what else do you got going on, man? I mean, you just rattled off. I mean, you spent five minutes earlier. I don't even know. Just what yeah, just say you know, yeah, all the kind words. DynastyNerds.com. Check out the Dynasty Nerds podcast. Comes out every Wednesday anywhere you get a podcast. Um, if you're a nerd, remember you get the bonus podcast. Yeah, download the app. Check out the tools. I mean, I encourage anybody that plays Dynasty that all you have to do is we offer that three-day trial for the Dynasty GM. Just get in there and check it out. See if it's for you. What, I, what I'll tell you, too, is like it's it's a tool that's ever-expanding. we got a lot of cool things that are going into the Dynasty GM that are coming really soon as well. Um, so if you like it now, it's only going to get better. That's, that's the only thing I promise to anybody. It's, it's going to keep getting better. And I think it's great if it's standalone right now. But if you're in, if you're in more than three Dynasty leagues – this is a tool for you. Yeah, it really is. It's uh, I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of everything at dynastynerds.com. Our writers, our articles, the dynasty nerds film room. Like again, like I said earlier, we just, our goal is to provide every tool you possibly need to succeed at dynasty. Yeah. And, the, and no matter what your skill level, you know what I mean? Cause no matter if you're, if you're 
if you're somebody that's been playing for 10 years, you still need to watch these rookies and you need a place to do it. We provide it. If you're in lots of leagues, you just want to streamline and say, damn, dude, I need to trade for a receiver. What team in my league has the most receivers and who needs a running back? The league analyzer tells you that, you know, um, if you want to know what players are available, if you want to trade calculator that brings up your le- your league right away that can perform trades just for your league, we provide that. So just check it out. I mean, it's all. Check it out. We're, we're, if we're for you, we're for you. That's what we try to do. Listen, man, if you are into dynasty football, I mean, if you think that you're into dynasty football, then you have to know about the dynasty nerds. I mean, we didn't even get into your Facebook page because that's a whole nother, like, that Facebook group is amazing. Everyone's on Facebook. Follow the Dynasty Nerds on Facebook. No, just don't Facebook. even follow us. Just get in our Facebook group. There's 13,000. Oh, there Join the group. Yeah. And that's not something we don't advertise on there. We don't promote on there. We don't allow promotion. It's literally just the biggest forum you can get on and talk right. Dynasty fans football. It's a cool that's place right. to be. And, and while you're joining the Dynasty Nerds, Facebook group. Make sure you join the uh, Dynasty Nuts Facebook group. You know, um, unbelievable. But yeah, man, thanks a lot for coming on. We thanks appreciate it. It's gonna be the longest guest show spot I've ever done on any show. Oh, how about that? You know what's funny? <laughs> We've tied you up in a couple hours. So. Well, hey, man. You know what? Everyone tells us before they're just like, "Wow, I didn't know I was gonna have this much fun on the on the podcast before." Usually, the podcast I appear on suck ass. But hey, <laughs> just just up, thanks for listening to the Dynasty Outsource Pod. Yeah. One, two, three, four. <laughs>